Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the June 14th pre-US Open edition of the PFF Forecast. We're going to uh, we're going to talk US Open. We've got some matchups now that they've been announced. Um, so we're going to talk about best bets there. Also, Judo Brad and I did a little uh little US Open tournament. We're going to talk about the teams that we have. We're going to get some great inside golf detail from Judah, who's become a fast uh, student of the game. Uh, before that, we're going to talk um, some new NFL bets. We've got over-unders for receiving yardage season totals. It's going to be a great podcast. Let's rock. met someone you know that commercial brad where they they have this uh, it's like a a guy's like hits a golf shot and he's like not he's not really into golf and he hits one good golf shot and like all of a sudden he's like i'm going to dedicate my life to this this is my passion now i feel like that happened with judah but it wasn't that he like hit a golf shot it's that he placed a golf bet he became a fan of playing the sport just by laying some bets down on majors and hey however you get into the sport it doesn't matter it just you know and now he's there is there a more beautiful origin story than that? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, it's that's the cool thing about golf. It's like you could actually do that. It's not like you can get excited by betting on NFL football and go, you know what? I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay some hits down. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. So that's that's one of the best things about golf. I guess you do that for like tennis too, but very few sports. Baseball doesn't count. Um, I guess you could play basketball in an older age, but. I do have to shout out our old friend. Speaking of Arjun, obviously we were not able to win over uh, in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Arjun hit me up last week. He played his first round of golf, maybe ever, if if not ever, at really? a very long time. And he texted me, I think before he was even done, that it was the hardest. It was extremely difficult to do. He couldn't get the ball off the ground, and that he was exhausted. It is tiring. Everyone makes fun of golf not being a sport. You're you're tired by the end of it. But anyway, hey, Arjun, stick with it. You'll 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 be scratching no time. Yeah, it's to the first time you play and you're bad, it's tough. Uh, I'll just tell you, the first time that I picked up a golf club, I write left-handed, and so they gave me left-handed clubs. And I, it turns out I play all sports right-handed, but I didn't mention that. So I could not make contact with the ball. And 
I mean, knowing me, you know, I probably got, I got pretty frustrated pretty quickly. <laughs> and I was like, this is, and people were like, oh no, it's okay. Just keep, keep trying, keep trying. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm not that bad. Like I, I I've got to be able to, I'm probably, I don't know, 10 years old. So I just grab a right-handed club and immediately like my swing obviously improves and I make contact. I'm like, see, I'm not that bad, but I was still terrible for a really long time. Um, the, uh, the, the other thing about golf is you kind of have to, to start playing younger. Like I've seen some people try and pick it up at a later age and it is tough. Yeah. All that muscle memory and yeah, well, Judah speak on it. Cause you're, you're yeah, going no, I was right going to say like, I even took a couple of videos of myself, at the range and it's like, I'm hitting a baseball. I'm like trying to get my hands inside and I keep slicing it. Cause I'm like naturally taking a baseball swing. Cause that's just what I'm used to. And it's so difficult to kind of snap right out of that. They say yeah, that actually that, that baseball players suck at golf, right? Yeah. Um, and three point shooters are, are generally, I think, good at golf, which, um, I think makes sense because of like the kind of the, the, to be a really good shooter, you have to be really meticulous about your, um, your stroke. And I guess the same thing is true. Okay. That is, that is enough of teaching people at the game of golf. Let's get into some NFL bets. Um, we are going to talk NFL receiving yardage over unders. These can be found on DraftKings. Uh, and you can go bet them yourself. Uh, before we get into it, a quick reminder, thank you for hanging out and listening to us. If you have not yet subscribed to our new YouTube channel, go do so. It's only forecast episodes. It's going to be a great resource for you as the season nears. Um, so go uh, subscribe to that, share that uh, with anyone that you know that also enjoys betting on any kind of sport, but especially football. Um, if you uh, like the podcast, please rate and subscribe uh, Subscribe to it wherever you are listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and if you have not yet joined the PFF Printing Press Discord, you should make sure you do that. Join a thousand other really awesome bettors who love to talk about betting on just about anything. Um, and it's the best way, I think, during the offseason, but probably during the season too, uh, to bet on um, your favorite sport because so much of betting is in the moment and when news breaks and all that different stuff. So we talk about it on the podcast, but obviously um, things happen uh, when we're not podcasting. So with that said, let's get into it. Um, receiving yardage over-unders. Judah, we'll go around the horn and we'll start with you. Give us your first one. Yeah, let's go with Amon Ross St. Brown over 950 yards. Uh, he's a clear number one option on this team. They're really lacking in uh, secondary weapons. Uh, also, something that's pretty notable with Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is that he earned, I, I say earned targets at a 30% clip which is the 11th highest rate uh, over the last, any receiver over the last four years. Uh, this is generally a stat that's pretty stable year over year, uh, especially considering kind of, as we said, the lack of secondary weapons. This is a guy who I think uh, will be targeted very often. I don't really care how good your offense is. Uh, if you're going to get a 30% target share, you're probably going to, uh, and assuming you stay healthy, of course, uh, eclipse over 950 yards. Add in the fact that he was PFF's second overall wide receiver last year, and I absolutely love this bet. This is a guy who is talented and has a ton of opportunity coming his way. Love yeah, that one. Great. Yeah, yeah, definitely love that one. And he's going to get a, a crazy amount of volume, like you mentioned. Um, obviously, the suspension for Jameson Williams helps as well. So, uh, I'll take a, an under for my first one. That is the under 700 and a half receiving yards for Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, so a couple thoughts here. Uh, first and foremost, I think a little bit of this number is carrying just kind of what we've thought of him for his career. 
Look, he signed a deal that was a bit underwhelming at eight and a half million per year because the injury concerns with him are legitimate. It's why he's kind of struggled to get a, a as big of a deal as maybe you think the last couple of years. There actually was a report today um, that he's still dealing with some knee soreness and issues there. The second piece of it is this obviously is very incomplete analysis and math, but if you simply just map his 933 receiving yards last year out of a 5,250 passing yards um, to what the Patriots put up uh, in passing yards last year, it would be about 670 passing or receiving yards. So like his, his share of the offense, if you just map that over to what the Patriots are going to do, um, it obviously decreases dramatically. Um, and, and, and yeah, but the big piece here, frankly, is, the odds he stays healthy for a full 17-game stretch again um, in a consecutive year, uh, I think, is very, very slim. And then the last piece, obviously Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, but I'm not going to say anyone's better than Travis Kelsey in New England, but Taquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, they're talking to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, they obviously have Kendrick Bourne. Like, they have five or six guys they'll spread the ball around to. Um, Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, yada, 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 yada. Uh, I just don't see him going over this number. Even if he does play the full season, I think it'll be close. Yeah, yeah I think it's a good point. Um, so I'm going to go with with an under here. Uh, <laughs> I'm go with Odell Beckham Jr., so uh, his receiving yard total is at 575 and a half. Like if you lose this, you might lose it by a bunch, but I think that's in kind of the rare occasion. So let's go back to 2021 where, you know, he actually played a decent number of games for uh, the, um, uh, the, the Rams. And uh, I don't know why it's showing the, uh, the Browns here, but um uh, yeah, there it is, the Rams. Um, but in that season, had just 540 yards and played. I mean, he, he missed weeks one and two, um, missed week nine, but played every other game and, and still only ended up with 540 yards. I think if he plays that many games, that would be over the number of expected games that you would expect for him to play. Had a 68.3 receiving grade that season. Obviously, we remember what he did in the playoffs. And that was fantastic what he did in the Super Bowl. But I think that's the exception, not the rule. Um, had only two, uh, sorry, three games with a game grade over 70 uh, that season. So he's coming off year where he has not played. I, I think that makes him a little bit more susceptible to, you know, some injury. Um, obviously, he's been injured a, a ton otherwise. So I'm going under with OBJ. Julia, you're up next. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Mike Evans under 925 and a half yards. Actually, actually, before I say that, I love the Juju Smith-Schuster one. That's actually the only one I bet uh, before this podcast. I uh, love that. The So Mike Evans under uh, 925. Uh, Mike Evans has had a brilliant career. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think he's been in the league for nine years. Uh, but kind of with that comes a little bit of inevitable decline. Uh, I think just based on our kind of raw separation, metrics i don't have the adjusted uh numbers in front of me but we're going from like 0.11 uh, in 2019 uh 0.08 2020 0.09 2021 to only 0.04 separating last year that's a pretty steep decline uh granted he still got well over this number last year but we have to remember this was an offense that was throwing 50 times a game this is not going to be the same case uh with baker mayfield as quarterback and i've spoken at length already about my kind of concerns for this team and their offensive line uh in the passing game uh, generally, but this is a guy who's been on the decline. Yes, he's had a lot of production, but he's old uh, and he's attached to a pretty bad offense. 925 yards seems like it's chasing a lot of pass production uh, and not so much what Mike Evans and even the Bucks offense is going to be uh, heading in, in 2023. 
Yeah, I like that one too. He's also a guy where he's been able to stay in games a lot of the time and rarely miss games, but he's kind of always hurt. And I'm not saying that to be he's going to get hurt, but um, you know, he does have nicks and bruises a lot. And maybe you know, it was easier to to get back on the field with Tom Brady and you were you know 11 and two, whatever. It's probably harder to get back on the field when you got Baker throwing ducks all over the place. So um, I, I like that one for sure. Um, on the flip side, I kind of have basically the opposite of my first one. That is the over 700 and a half, same number, uh, receiving yards for Darren Waller and the New York Giants. So also does have injury concerns that, that, you know, it's important to address that. But thinking here is simply the investment. I mean, you trade a third round pick and are going to pay twelve and a half million dollars for a 31 year old tight end. He might be the only wide receiver on the team that I think is a legit number one option at all. I like Wondell Robinson a lot. Their second round pick last year, but Coming off a torn ACL, probably will take a while to adjust back into the offense. Um, yeah, Jalen Hyatt, to me, is a guy that I don't think makes a massive impact as a rookie and probably is more of a, you know, your deep threat, your occasional target guy. I think we're going to see Darren Waller have some games with 12 to 15 targets. So even if he doesn't have, a, you know, the great yards per reception we've seen in the past from him, I think you make that investment. You're trying to get back in the playoffs and, and live up to all this, you know, paying a bunch of guys and running it back with Daniel Jones. You're going to pepper Darren Waller with targets. Um, if he stays healthy, I like him to go over this number by by a good bit. Yeah, that's a good point. There's really like no one else there to uh, to throw the ball, ball to. Um, Saquon's sitting out now, so you know that's one less receiver. Um, my next one is an over. I'm going over 875 and a half for Terry McLaurin. So uh, he's had two straight thousand yard receiving seasons had uh almost 1200 last year and the the commander's quarterbacking situation last year was a total nightmare now i'm not saying it's necessarily getting a lot better with sam howell but it it would be hard for it to get worse and um you know i would expect them to to continue to throw the ball a decent amount given i don't expect them to be winning a lot of games so you don't really have a choice there um, and, and Terry is, I think, maybe one of, if not the most underrated receiver in the league. He's incredibly durable. He does not, um, you know, get injured a ton. He plays uh, very consistently. You compare him to like an A.J. Brown in his receiving class, D.K. Metcalf. He just, you know, laps them in terms of, of snaps that he plays on the field. And that matters. Um, and when he's on the field, he's productive. So I think. I don't know if this is just an oversight um, in terms of uh, thinking that that Howell is going to be a, a huge um, kind of detriment to their team, but uh, I love Terry McLaurin over eight seventy five uh, and a half for the Washington Commies. Yeah, Judah, my my next one. We're going to go to uh, MGM for this one, uh, but is Marquise Brown under nine hundred yards receiving? Uh, I really have no idea what's up with this number. Uh, yes, it's possible, I guess, that Kyler Murray's back for the second half of the season. I uh, don't even think he'll be as effective uh, without running the ball. Uh, but this is a guy who's going to be quarterbacked by Colt McCoy, who averaged you know five yards per attempt. Uh, they have other receivers also. It's not like Marquise Brown is the unquestioned uh, number one receiver. Uh, he played in like 12 games last year. Didn't even come close to this number. Uh, I just attached to an absolutely dreadful offense. Uh, I don't see how Marquise Brown has the volume or efficiency to get over 900 yards. By the way, it's 800 at DraftKings. Right, 800 so, DraftKings, 900 MGM. I would go nice, nice little middle there. Sprint. Oh yeah, I would sprint. <laughs> what, what is happening? Uh, I love these. I love some of these sports books. It's like one of the most basic things I would do if I were setting lines is like 
just go look at other places that I, I respect. I mean, if you really disagree that much with Marquis Brown, I mean, that's significant. That that person better be going out and placing bets somewhere else because my God, that's incredible. I mean, it's 12 and a half percent increase over, over DraftKings. That's insane. Um, well, yeah, yeah, so there you go. That's love that one. And, and obviously DraftKings likes that one as well. Um, I have one final one. Uh, it is an over, but I also kind of don't totally understand. I do, but I kind of don't at the same time. But anyway, Michael Pittman is the Indianapolis Colts, um, 825 and a half yards. Look, I know we're going from, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, but also Sam Ellinger and also Jeff Saturday, et cetera, to Anthony Richardson, who obviously is going to be a raw quarterback, uh, is going to have some struggles. Um, but here's the thinking for me with Pittman, even knowing that. So, A, the Colts were literally dead last in EPA per dropback last year. They also were an offense with 3,850 passing yards. Um, but B, let's say Richardson does struggle a little bit. I think he might, if anything, resort to just peppering his big body number one target, maybe even more than he should, but just getting him a ton of volume. The guy had 100 and something, 150, I think, targets last year. Um, he's going to be that guy that's going to have a ton of volume. Um, and so, yeah, there is an, obviously inherent risk here. Honestly, a Gardner Minshew starting a couple games would probably be huge for him, but I just think it's a little bit too low. I do see the risk, but I think it's a bit too low. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with you there. I have one more. This is the least my least favorite of the three, but it's an homage to um, a, a really tremendous playoff run, and that is Dallas Goddard over six hundred and a half uh, receiving yards. So he um, had over seven uh, over seven hundred last year in the regular season. Had a really great uh, playoff run. Obviously, he was a, a part of our locks of the week for a couple of different rounds of the playoffs, um, but. I think that that matters, right? Where you saw him be a consistent um, player that Jalen Hurts went to in the clutch, even with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on there. So I don't think you're relying on those guys being injured, but I think what you are seeing is teams are going to be really worried about those two receivers. I think they'd rather give up Dallas Goddard over the middle, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to be, as he showed last year, um, really open to, to throwing him the football. So I can see this as kind of a, a breakout year for Goddard. I think he's you know, very, very talented. Uh, you could argue, you know, could be, um, you know, could be one of the better tight ends in the league um, in many people's minds after this year. He was already in terms of PFF grade for us last year. Um, and, uh, and and so I could see that happening again. So he's graded really well. His stats are kind of backing that up. I think over uh, for Dallas Goddard is a, uh, is as close to a lock as I'll come with a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, let's go to the U.S. Open. We do forecast F O R C A F O R E C A S T is the promo code. You can get twenty five percent off on pff.com. Get a PFF Plus annual subscription, and I would do it now. I would do it now before everything kind of gets going. You forget. You start, you know, realizing that you don't know what you're doing for fantasy, and then you show up and you're unprepared. Go get that subscription now. Get yourself ready to go. Be the most prepared person for your fantasy draft. And I promise you, there's some cool things that are coming to PFF that'll help you do that even more. Um, some brand new things. I, I think you'll be pretty impressed. So go get that subscription now. It'll take you all the way through next year, through betting season, through the uh, free agency period, through the NFL draft. Um, and of course the NFL mock draft sim. So head to PFF.com or the PFF app to get that and use promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T. All right, US Open starts tomorrow. Uh, the, the three of us, along with some some fellow co-workers, we did a little uh, U.S. Open 
um, tournament. So we picked picked players, um, did a little snake draft, uh, six players per team. There were eight teams. Um, I felt like I got the the wrong end of the stick. I ended up with pick number three. Judah, you had pick number seven, and then Brad, you had pick number eight. So you were on the turn. Am I right to feel like I got I got shafted? I don't know what what kind of bad karma juju I have, but um, were you guys happy with with where you were picking? You know, I complained when I first got it, and I, I quickly changed my tune once I once I thought about it a little more. I do think it's basically the top two was Kepka Scheffler. You obviously were hoping to get one of them, and then I think after that, it was probably better to be in the in the Judah uh, Brad range at the back end. Yeah, completely agree there. <laughs> I ended up with John Rom, who I don't dislike, but if I was going to end up with one of the top, top three guys, uh, to your point, that was the, the third one I, I, I wanted. So here's my team: I have John Rom. Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Fitzpatrick, Adam Scott, Hotel Wyndham Clark, and uh, Eric Cole. So I hate my team. I, I don't root for any of these guys like normally. So this is going to be particularly brutal. Um, Brad, you ended up with Patrick Cantlay, um, T- Terrell Hatton, Cam Young, Jason Day, Sam Birds, and Keegan Bradley. I like that team quite a bit. And then Judah, you ended up with Jordan Spieth, Cameron Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, Corey Connors, Joaquin Neiman, and Tom Kim. Um, how did you feel? Let's start with you, Judah. What did you think of your team there? Can you give us some some golfing assessment of uh, the games of your players and how they'll they'll fit LA Country Club? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, I was just mostly following you know different markets, kind of cross uh, uh, pollinating them, if you will, uh, kind of looking at DraftKings and FanDuel, and also looking at like the DFS pricing. Uh, and, and they're very handy having the the game logs there. But basically, I think uh, I've got a bunch of upside plays. I and mean, you spoke about Corey Connors uh, on the pod on Sunday. We've spoken about Joaquin Neiman uh, a whole bunch. Cam Smith's been a favorite for a while. Uh, and then I'm just looking for guys who've got some, naturally, I'm looking for guys with serious tails and guys who have really put together some performances, you know, uh, 17 under, 20 under. And all of these guys have uh, kind of flashed uh, some potential in, in recent uh recent events. So look, if I'm positioning myself for some, uh, for some tail out tails outcome, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. You know, Tom Kim loves Bermuda grass, right? You saw that you read all right, about of course, that. Of course. I, I, I mean, that it was the tip, uh, <laughs> that I, that I was going off of. No, the funny thing is I actually love your squad. I, you were ahead of me, as we mentioned, and for Spieth and for Hideki Masayama, I, I pounded the table. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're in a good spot. I think we're looking good. I also went for some tail outcomes um, with Sam Burns. I think is a guy who could finish top 10 or miss the cut dramatically. Um, and Cam Young, who I know we've, we've sworn off on the pod, uh, but you know, he's still, he still is my guy uh, deep down. I still root for him every time. So um, it's gonna be a fun tournament. Maybe we will post it and see if we can get a poll going of who people like uh, of those three. I'll very quickly up to high level. All it is is cumulative score to par, and then a separate thing for cumulative winnings um, at the end of the weekend. Um, two different pots for for each of those. So let us know uh, who you think has the, has the best squad. We'll post we'll post the full lineups. Me. It won't be me. It won't be me. <laughs> I hate my team. I just I can't stand it. Um, I, I, it's just, uh, brutal. Brutal. Hotel Wyndham rewards Scott or Clark. Whatever. God damn. Um, sorry for swearing. Okay. Let's talk um, some matchups here. So they, they, if you're new to betting on golf, you can obviously bet 
um, winner, top five, top 10, you bet top 20, some places, you know, top 40 as well. Um, and we talked about those on Sunday. We'll hit some of our favorites that we still see, uh, that we still like um, here at the, at the end. But let's get to some of the matchups because Brad, you've been going in as you usually do and identifying some round one matchups. You can obviously bet round two after round one. Uh, we're going to hit round one matchups right now. So Brad, why don't you take it away? These are actually two, uh, sorry, full tournament matchups. So um, yeah, maybe the Discord will get some first round or, or as we get some live bets going to that as well. But these are for the full tournament. I got two matchups I really like here. Uh, we actually mentioned both guys' names already, uh, which probably you know is, is for a reason. So the first is Sam Burns. Sam Burns, a young guy, recent LSU graduate, hits the ball a country mile off the tee, um, is a big right-hander, can play a nice draw, which is going to be favorable at this course. He has been a bit cold of late. There's no denying that. Um, and he's minus 110 versus Patrick Reed, who has been – a good player, um, you know, in majors, he always tends to show up. He's accurate off the team at the longest player, um, but it hasn't been phenomenal recently you know, compared to his run of majors where he was kind of always a top 10 guy. So it is looking for a tail outcome, but I think the course is much more favorable for Sam Burns. Good long irons, good off the tee. Minus 110 over Patrick Reed is a bet for us. Second one, like you said, get your Marriott Bonvoy points, your Wyndham rewards. We got Wyndham Clark minus 115 uh, over Siwoo Kim. Um, for him, the big one for him is the long iron. So George and I, we were talking pre-show. There's going to be some par threes that are 290 yards um, and others that are still super, super long. There's some crazy par fours where guys are going to be hitting iron off the tee. He's a great long iron player. Uh, on iron shots over 200 yards uh, from an approach standpoint is very, very strong in that respect. And, and unlike Sam Burns, has been hot. Has been playing some very, very good golf of late. Um, so again, I think the course fits him much better than a Siwoo Kim. Um, I like the price here at minus 115. Those are two matchups we're taking for this weekend. Yeah, it's a good point. So that that par three, uh, Brad and I were doing a little, uh, little research, kind of watching the course videos. And it's one of those par threes. It's 290 yards. It'll play a little bit shorter because it's downhill. But you, you have to be able to hit good, uh, you know, either a really long iron or, you know, a hybrid of some kind, because if you can't stop it, it's just going to roll off the green. And by and large, anywhere that the ball is not on short grass, you're just going to be in real trouble. You can't find it. Um, you've seen all those videos, hopefully, uh, you know, across social media. It's very hard to even see the ball uh, in this rough, whether it be the fairway rough or, or off the green. Um, and so it, even though, you know, these guys are really, really good, it's going to cost them like a shot basically every time they're not um, in the short grass. So driving accuracy, super important ability to hit long irons for those long par threes, super important as well. Um, let's just kind of recap here with some of the, the, um, the, the winners that we gave out, like a good example would be Terrell Hatton. He's now 28 to one. So you're getting the worst of that number. If you're betting him now, um, just to, to kind of get a lay of the land here, the outright winners, Scheffler is now six to one. Rom nine to one, Kepka twelve to one, Rory is sixteen to one, as is Cantlay, Shoffley and Hovland eighteen to one. Uh, Terrell Hatton, as I just mentioned, is twenty eight. Spieth, Morikawa, and Smith are thirty. Oma now thirty five, as is Fitzpatrick and Dustin Johnson. Uh, Finau forty, DeChambeau forty, Fleetwood forty five, along with Rose, Matsuyama, and Fowler. Um, just to kind of get this started, I one of the players that I have liked. That is now actually his odds are much better. Homa at 35 to one. I've mentioned this so many times. I'm just going to mention it one more time. He has the three lowest 
scores shot at LA Country Club, including obviously the course record. So, you know, he's plus 650 uh, to finish top five, three to one to finish top 10. I like all of those. I think he's a great, you know, kind of dark horse uh, to win this. If you think about the the players at the top, Rom hasn't been in the greatest form of late. Kepka is amazing at majors. He's also been partying like, uh, you know, Jack Grealish after winning the, the PGA championship. Um, and so you never know what that looks like. You've got Rory there who can't seem to get out of his own head. You know, I think it's indicative of, of what this field looks like that Patrick Cantlay is like the fifth favorite. Um, so, you know, in, in a, in a kind of weak ish field, that's not super top heavy. I like Max Homa. Um, Brad, who else would you still bet on right now um, to win? Yeah. So you mentioned we give out Terrell Hatton on 40 to one on, on Sunday. Uh, I think Judy, you mentioned he is 34 to one on FanDuel, but I know he's down to 28 to one on DraftKings. So regardless, you're, you're not getting the best of value there. Uh, that's the benefit of being in the printing press discord and, and listening to the show. Uh, always giving you good value. So what I'm confused by that I actually gave out a 25 to one and is now 30 to one is Jordan Spieth. I mentioned that it isn't exactly a course that lines up with his normal game. He doesn't do particularly well in this tournament, but He's been so much more accurate and consistent off the tee. Um, and everything else about his game is, I mean, he's one of the better iron players and short game players on tour. And when his putter's hot, he's as good as anyone. So I think that is maybe folks looking at, you know, history on similar courses and all that stuff that, of course, we do do. But I always try not to overweight too much on the course fit tool. I look at it, of course, strokes gained, all those things. But I think it's a little bit of over analysis. He's playing very good golf. I would still bet him at 30 to one um, and then two long shots. I'll just throw them out there. Uh, Joaquin Neiman is a hundred to one. I think at FanDuel as well, his game lines up well here. He's not, I wouldn't say the longest off the tee, but it's a nice draw can bomb. It is generally pretty accurate. Um, his approach game is a little bit streaky, but if he gets hot, like you mentioned, dude, his tail outcomes are top fives in big tournaments. Of course, his other tail outcomes are, you know, missing the cut by 10 strokes, but nevertheless, um, and then one last one, um, big time long shot, Cameron Davis, the Australian, who has been playing very, very well of late. I think finished top five in the PGA. These are similar tournaments, always similar course, similar construct. Is 190 to one. I believe that one's on DraftKings. Um, you know, maybe for these guys, you bet top fives or top tens instead. Um, but I threw a little flyers on them to to win the tournament as well. Yeah, he's uh, he hits the ball a mile. Um, not always super accurate, but. You know, if you get one of those good weeks and then you hit it really far, this is a tournament where you can uh, you can take advantage. Um, I think, you know, home is the one that, that really kind of sticks out to me. I, I still don't don't hate um, Bryson or Fleetwood in that 40 and 45 range. I think if you're paying kind of dollar per talent, if that makes any sense, like getting those two guys with that amount of talent at 40 and 45 to one. 850 to finish top five, 360 to finish top 10, um, both of whom are playing well. I've mentioned with DeChambeau and the long par threes, he hits his irons really high, but he also has um, lower lofts on his irons. So he's able to hit theoretically a higher numbered iron into some of these uh, par threes. Um, and in a place where it's probably going to get really dry, by the uh, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, it's supposed to be nice weather, not supposed to be a lot of precipitation, uh, obviously in Southern California. So um, that could really come into play uh, towards the end of the weekend. Um, so those are the two uh, that, I, that I still like uh, in addition to HOMA. Um, anything, Judah, that that you uh, that we haven't mentioned that, that you like? 
no, I think we got most of the the plays. I'll just say like a couple of observations from making these bets. Number one, like gotta really check all the lines here because uh, you can get like real discrepancies across books. Guys were like in top 20s, you know, especially in the long shots that are like eight to one on one book or 14 to one on another. Uh, like really, it's, I think, important to, to kind of do your your line checking. And the other thing is kind of just like as a betting note to what you said, uh, kind of the like top guys have a lot of question marks around them, uh, as you're saying, with McElroy and Rom, uh, even Kepka, which is like this is exactly the time to kind of take those those range and uh, long run uh, kind of shots where especially if you can bet live uh, to to kind of be able to take advantage of the fact that like their price, the, the favorites are going to be priced in uh, as they were, as if they're playing really well, uh, that kind of leaves a lot of room and opportunity for some of the guys in the mid and long shots here to kind of take a big leap. And those have the biggest payoffs. That's kind of the beauty of a, of a golf tournament uh, is that there are so many guys uh, that, you know, someone who's a hundred to one who can very easily be 10 to one, but there's a lot of dollars uh, that you can make uh, just from, you know, gaining a couple probability points of going from, you know, hundred to one to, to 10 to one. Yeah, it's a good point. Or if you're in California like me, it's just a tough, it's a tough life. Just trying to find a place that will even um, take your money without scamming you is a great, uh, great thing to find. Um, but it's a good point. If you're in a place where you can legally bet um, price shopping, especially in these markets, I mean, we just talked about it with Marquise Hollywood Brown, right? Like that's a, you know, that's the NFL and people are off by, by hundred yards. So uh, it's a really good point. Uh, that's probably going to be entertaining. We'll be back on Monday, not Sunday. Thank you so much for hanging out. We love you all. Peace.